Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Now, let's start The Drive. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And the man across the studio from me, because he still thinks I'm infectious, <laughs> is Scott Chasen. Fitz, it was a good week one. It was. And the only thing infectious was the smile on the faces of Kansas and Kansas State fans as their teams won by a combined, have to do the math, 250 points or something, something. like that. You're good at math. Mm-hmm. It was a double victory Sunday, Saturday, mm-hmm. and this is a Sunday. Friday. Anyhow, you can interact with us on social media. I don't know why you'd want to, but you can at Facebook.com slash The Drive Show, on Twitter at The Drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, don't worry. You can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt, your work boot center. Well, Fitz, Kansas State opened with a 34 to nothing victory over South Dakota the Wildcats accomplish all they needed to in this game. Well, you know, Scott, it's interesting because I thought K-State would win this game big, and I thought they would dominate, and they did those things. I thought the defense would be good. It was. I thought special teams, which typically makes a difference in these FCS games, as it did in both K-State and KU's victories. But overall, K-State kind of just went through the motions to a degree. I don't mean that as an insult. They just got up so quickly. That was the first play of the game from scrimmage from Kansas State. Malik Knowles on a jet sweep going 75 yards. Deuce Bond just blowing someone up. And then a little bit later, Seth Porter blocks a punt, a scoop and score for the Wildcats, and they're out to a 14-0 lead. And I think Colin Klein, the new offensive coordinator at that point, went into full Bill Snyder mode as trying not to show very much because it, it was kind of a mismatch. South Dakota is a pretty good uh, FCS team uh, program. They were in the playoffs last year. Of course, KU, you know, kind of struggled with them at the start of the year last year. Uh, but K-State made them look pretty shabby all day long. Deuce Vaughn got loose a little bit. Adrian Martinez was okay. We'll talk about him in the second segment. Uh, but overall, Kansas State was a far superior team. But really, Kansas State's defense was the story. Yeah, South Dakota picked up some yards. Uh, but K-State's defense was consistently uh, in control of this game. And what was really interesting to me, Scott, is one of the goals, one of the things they did want to accomplish as a coaching staff was playing a lot of dudes. And they did play a lot of guys. They brought in a number of players throughout the course of the game on the lines of both sides of the line. And in special teams, they experimented with different lineups to see who belongs on the field when the games get ratcheted up, which of course will start 
this Saturday against Missouri coming into Bill Snyder Family Stadium. We'll see if K-State can be a little more efficient, maybe a little more explosive on offense in terms of their passing game, uh, but certainly this defense looks like one that could really, really wreak havoc with teams across the Big 12 because they've got so many good players at so many levels and they showed on Saturday they also have the depth you need at in the Big 12 to survive. Yeah, well Fitz, you mentioned it. KU played this team last year and, and not only struggled, I mean KU needed a game-winning touchdown to beat what was a pretty good South Dakota squad. I think what you saw from Kansas State and Kansas this past weekend was uh, a lot more comfort because of the shape of the roster and, and yep. how good they feel about a lot of their players. Well, Scott, Kansas blew out Tennessee Tech 56 to 10. What was the most impressive part of this week win? One win. Well, the scoreboard operator yeah. was primed and prepared to get all the numbers correct. It's been a while, Fitz, yeah. since Kansas has put up this many points. No, it was just a completely dominant outing. And, and Tennessee Tech is not quite a very good uh, FCS squad. In fact, I'd, I'd venture to say that they are toward the bottom of that ranking. But um, as Lance Leipold said after the game, Kansas as a program is not in a position to be judging how good other teams are. If Kansas is going to get a win and an impressive win. Kansas needs to, to go out and do that. Uh, most impressive to me was the way Kansas dominated both sides of the ball, and that continued really throughout the entire game. There's Daniel Hyshaw, a little bit of attitude on the end of that run. That's a guy uh, who could have transferred when KU had, you know, knowing KU has Devin Neal on the roster, the Jayhawks went and brought in two transfer running backs. Well, he had the best camp of any of them. He had a great game. Devin Neal had an 80-yard touchdown run. Savion Morrison had a touchdown run. And then defensively, Kansas was pretty sharp, too. That's Jacoby Bryant, the cornerback. Uh, recruited under Les Miles, has been in the program. Again, Kansas brought in transfers, but he actually uh, made the start at cornerback in this game, obviously made a great special teams play. Uh, I thought it was interesting, Fitz. A lot of the guys starting for Kansas, there were some transfers mixed in there. A lot of guys who have been in the program for a year or two, and not just Lance Leipold guys, a lot of guys that Les Miles and that staff recruited as freshmen, um, who at least early in the season looked primed to kind of hold down some of these starting jobs. I think that was an intentional decision by this coaching staff, one, to show, hey, that these guys know what they're doing, and two, that, you know, any transfers that come in, they're going to have to earn their roles. Uh, there were some standout transfers. Lonnie Phelps absolutely won. He had three sacks, as you watch. Uh, the 80-yard touchdown by Devin Neal. Closest guy tack to tackling him, by the way, was his own receiver. Um, no, I, I, the transfers showed out, too, and, and across the board, it, it was a, a pretty dominating and impressive performance by Kansas. But now it gets really tough. You know, Kansas State plays Missouri. You get a, a rivalry game in your next game. Well, for Kansas, you're starting Big 12 play in Week 2, and Kansas really has 11 Power 5 games on the schedule because Houston is no slouch either. Um, it gets tough in a hurry for Kansas, but I was impressed with what I saw. Hey, as someone that covered Bill Snyder's programs from the get-go, this is a perfect piece of scheduling by Coach Leipold. I mean, they're not very good. Tennessee Tech isn't very good, but build your confidence, build your belief, get a good taste in your mouth as you head into a tougher part of your schedule. I like it. It was a, it was a nice performance. You could tell KU's better. There's yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Well, the Big 12 went 9-1 to open the season with the lone loss coming from West Virginia in a great game against Pitt. Scott, what did you make of the conference's week one showing? Fitz, I was impressed. Um, I'm not ready to say how good the Big 12 is, 
but I'm probably ready to say I might have underrated the Big 12 a little bit coming into this season. And, you know, it really did start with West Virginia. You know, West Virginia was in a down-to-the-wire game against a rank pit team. Um, and, and quite frankly, I thought West Virginia caused them a lot more problems. They should have won that game. They had a fourth and one on the plus 40 up in the fourth quarter that, you know, Neil Brown coach scared. And that's when you end up losing, when you're afraid of, you know, afraid for your job and you don't make maybe the same decisions you normally would if you felt like you had that security. But new coaches, new faces impressed. Oklahoma, absolutely one of those. New quarterback, new coach. They were up for the test. They had a high-scoring uh, offensive output. Oklahoma State looked like it didn't miss a beat early. They got out to a big lead. Game got closer late, but it was never really in jeopardy. And how about Iowa State, a team that loses its generational quarterback, running back, tight end? Well, they have a guy on the roster, Hunter Deckers, that Iowa State has quietly felt pretty good about behind Brock Purdy for some time. He tossed four touchdown passes, too. So, Fitz, I was really impressed by the Big 12. I'm, I'm curious what you think. I, I thought a lot of these schools had pretty good week ones. You know, the transfer portal makes it so difficult to estimate how teams are going to be going into the season. Kansas has reinvented their roster. There's so many starting quarterbacks now that came through the portal. Um, I'm really uh, intrigued by West Virginia because they should have won that game. Yeah. Uh, I almost feel like Neil Brown had his Paul Rhodes moment where you just totally botched the end of the game and you blow a win that you had in your pocket if you'd just done something differently. But we'll see, and um, I'll just be blunt. If Kansas can beat West Virginia, which isn't out of the realm of believability, Neil's done. And I think he's a pretty good coach, but that is what the Big 12 is about. And as a footnote, the four new schools coming in next year into the new Big 12 went three and one, and the lone loss was Cincinnati, which was in the playoffs mm -hmm. last year, opened its season at Arkansas and came up short. But I tell you what, this conference now and in the future is going to be a bloodbath week to week. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. Fitz, you mentioned it. I mean, how about BYU? Again, not yet in the Big 12, but BYU looked as good as anyone in the country. Yeah, they, they sure did. Mm -hmm. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, which of these football programs is most likely to win the Big 12? I'd be curious if any of these answers would change after week one. Of course, we excluded Oklahoma from this poll. Baylor getting 41% of the vote. Oklahoma State next with 30%. K-State with 22%. I think K-State's been a dark horse pick for a lot of people. And then Texas in fourth, rightfully, with 7%. I think those results show how shuffled this conference really is. Mm -hmm. But we did leave Oklahoma out. I wonder why. <laughs> this week's question is this. What is the perfect number of teams for the college football playoff? Four, eight, 12, 16, 1 million. Those are your choices. It's <laughs> not 1 million. Make sure you vote on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Well, that will do it for this half of the two minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU, K State, and the college football playoff on The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love 
you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Welcome back as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. This segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Someone fix the read. Hmm. It said over for so long, and I've always read it as more than. <laughs> I, it, it got fixed. Well, the grammar comes through. Fitz, let's change gears and talk basketball. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> let's talk quarterbacks, starting with new K-State okay, yeah. quarterback Adrian Martinez. Fitz, how did the Nebraska transfer fare in his Wildcat debut? No turnovers. Completed 11 of 15 passes. That sounds great, but it was for like 50-some yards. As he checked down an awful lot, he only really threw, threw one deep pass. It was slightly underthrown to Phil Brooks and... Uh, Phillips tried to come back and get it, couldn't quite get there. Um, after the game, they mentioned that really throwing the ball downfield wasn't in the game plan, uh, and he seemed to shy away from it. Honestly, he looked like a quarterback who has never had much time to operate, who's never had a pocket in which he can operate. He's never been able to be comfortable back there because every highlight I see of him from Nebraska, he's running for his life. So he seemed to be caught sometimes in between throwing and running and a little bit indecisive, uh, but he didn't do anything to lose the game. And honestly, that's a big part of what you need to do at quarterback right now for Kansas State. Uh, pick up first downs, perpetuate drives, give the ball to Deuce Vaughn, get the ball out to playmakers. Uh, I think he's going to be fine. I do want to see a lot more from him in week two against Missouri. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, I had Nebraska fans still tweeting at me about how bad he is, even though Nebraska's got concerns of their own. I'm just amazed at the uh, just obsession some Nebraska fans have with trying to blame this kid for everything. Is he a great quarterback? Not right now, not in this system. Can he be a great quarterback? Absolutely he can be. And Coach Kleiman made it very clear. They have seen a lot from him in practice. They have seen him make throws that are incredibly difficult and he does have a big arm. I'm looking forward to seeing if K-State held back that deep passing game to try to kind of maybe sucker Missouri into the offensive or into the line of scrimmage to try to uh, contain Deuce Vaughn in the running game. A lot more will be shown this week as we begin to get to know Adrian Martinez, or 9 a.m. as he's called, uh, as the K-State quarterback. But we will see if he can lead K-State to a much higher level. He's capable, but can he put it together? And that's always been the question about Adrian Martinez. Yeah, and and Fitz, you know, the parts of this game I watched, I I did notice a few moments where, where you saw that indecisiveness, but I'll tell you what, I was impressed 
where there were a few moments where the pocket was clean, where the line did its job, and he kind of hung in there because, you know, a lot of times when quarterbacks are used to having to run for their life the whole time, they get spooked very easily. They're running. They're always looking to, to yep. tuck it. I, I thought a few different times he actually hung in there, and, and that impressed me. That showed some promise. Yep, it is uh, going to be interesting going forward. Mm-hmm. Well, Scott, last week you talked about Kansas quarterback Jalen Daniels. He was nearly flawless in the first half on Friday. What did you make of his performance? Well, Fitz, I'll give you a stat, and this is a, a true stat, but it's not very serious. Uh, Jalen Daniels currently ranks third in the nation in quarterback rating, and that's one spot ahead of Alabama's Bryce Young. So Jalen Daniels for Heisman. I don't know if that we get that started here. But no, Jalen Daniels was very good. And, and Fitz, he was near flawless in the first half. He was 14 of 15, had a beautiful deep bomb. And on that nice. play, the first two options were shallow routes. So normally you see a guy look deep and then check it down. He was looking shallow, looking shallow again and then let it go. A couple of off-platform throws. You saw one there. He's getting hit. He delivers the ball to Luke Grimm, who I expect to be his favorite target this year. I was very impressed with the poise of Jalen Daniels, whose only incompletion in the first half was a fourth down fade uh, fade route end zone kind of play where he put the ball in his receiver's hands. He had it in both hands. The defensive back just made a better play and ripped the ball away. Now look, Jalen Daniels is still young, and what makes him special, in addition to some of that off-platform stuff, is he is not timid when it comes to taking risks, when it comes to trying to force the ball into a window, and that's why you saw to start the second half, he threw an interception. Um, KU was already ahead by, I think, 30-plus at the time. He tried to force the ball in, uh, and and it, it just wasn't the right play. There were like three guys in the area. thought it was interesting how Lance Leipold kind of described that play after the game. He said Jalen Daniels got a little greedy. He seemed to indicate that that's probably not a play he's going to make if it's a close game, if it's important, if it's high pressure. That's the kind of thing that happens maybe when the score gets out of reach. But uh, from everything I've seen, Jalen Daniels has been poised. He's been confident. He is the leader of this team. Saw a number of times where he got guys together on the sidelines to lead them in some kind of team choreographed thing. And, you know, he really didn't feel the pressure. He had a a somewhat of a quarterback battle going into camp. I I think everyone expected him still to start. I I don't think he took that as pressure or anything that made him slip up. I think he used that as just kind of a reminder that, hey, he is the guy. He's got to kind of maintain. He's got to lead the team. He's got to show that he is quarterback one. Um, This first performance kind of cemented what we saw last year, that he's got a lot of tools. He's got a lot of ability. Can he do it against Big 12 teams? I think we'll find out because West Virginia's, uh, their front seven is pretty good. If you're going to take a chance for a highlight reel play, (laughs) do it when you're ahead 30 to nothing. Yeah. (laughs) That's my coaching right there. Mm -hmm. And now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Dara's Corner Market. We love local, and we are local for you. Fitz, we are not going far out of bounds, but we are going into the future, so reconcile that however you can. Uh, The College Football Playoff Board approved expanding to 12 teams starting in 2026 at the latest, potentially as early as 2024. What do you think of this new proposal? I love it. I I think 12 is the perfect number. The four teams that would have been in the playoff before get a bye, and the other eight will play around apparently on conference, or excuse me, on home sites, on campuses, which is fantastic for the game. Scott, what I like the most about this is it, it includes more programs. Uh, instead of just being that elite group that typically are in the discussion, that are in the discussion uh, by different rules than everyone else. Uh, you know, some programs have a loss, they never leave the discussion. Other programs have a loss, they're done, they can't get in. And this being more inclusive will help a lot of programs elevate their standing. For example, 
back in Bill Snyder, when particularly when Colin Klein was playing quarterback for Bill Snyder in 2.0 of Snyder's time, K-State would have made a field of 12 a couple seasons for sure and maybe a third season. So I ask you just to stop and ponder how you would reflect on what Kansas State football was about in the last 10 years of Bill Snyder coaching if they had made the playoff two or three times. You would think it was a pretty darn good program. Instead, you kind of think it's a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 program right now. So adding more teams, adding more schools, involves more players and gives them more to play with down the stretch. It'll mean more meaningful games for a lot of programs. Very cool. Absolutely agree. And I like six conference champions making it to make sure one of the non-Power 5 is going to get in every year. I love it. Now let's hear from the fans. And our fan question is sponsored by Metalark. Retirement awaits in Manhattan where you can live your way every day. Well, Fitz, our fan question this week is, how high will Kansas State be ranked if the Cats start 4-0? That is from Trey in Manhattan. Take it away. Thank you, Trey. Appreciate it. Always wanted a friend named Trey. It's like having a three-pointer all around all the time. <laughs> well, you have Deuce Vaughn, and now I you know, have Trey I in Manhattan. Um, I, look, I, I think getting to 4-0 would be remarkable. That means you're going to win in week four at Oklahoma. That would be substantial. And I think with all the kind of low rumble about K-State out there right now in college football, winning at Oklahoma would blow it up. And I think they would jump into the rankings around, you know, the mid-teens probably. They probably should be higher if you win at Oklahoma and you're 4-0. Let's see what they do against Missouri before I get too cocky about things. If they can really thump Missouri, I think they'll start to get more and more national vibe about them. Uh, and then they'll turn around and play Tulane before Oklahoma. 4-0 would be remarkable, and it would probably set this team on the course for a remarkable season. Yeah, it's 4-0, and, and it, it's within the realm of possibility. I agree with the approach, though. Hey, K-State, Missouri should be a lot of fun, and I think we're going to pick that game coming up next. Yeah. So remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by Kites and Kites Aggieville Draft House. Oh, such good food. Meet your friends at Kites and the Draft House since 1954. Wow. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Let's look at last week's results. Uh, the viewers went two and one. Scott went two and one. I went one and two. I don't. I don't even know what I picked, which is a good sign. Now, <laughs> Fitz, you won last year. You can give us. Uh, you can give us one this uh, year. Or now here's this week's picks. Uh, this is going to get monotonous for you. We start with Kansas as a 13 and a half point underdog at West Virginia. So will West Virginia win by 14 or more? I say yes, Scott, you say. I will take Kansas. I think it'll be a little closer. This is a real test for Lance Leipold's squad. I think they may have held some stuff back, too. Curious to see what that offense looks like. Yeah, Kansas is a big mystery and, and a degree. So is West Virginia after that loss to a pretty good pit team. Yeah. Well, next is Missouri plus eight and a half at Kansas State. Fitz, you want Missouri? Speaking of that West Virginia pit backyard brawl, I don't know what this game's called, but this too is being reengaged after 11 years' absence. 
Kansas State wins and the crowd is hostile. That's what I say. Fitz, I don't think I could pick Missouri and then make it back to my apartment, so I'm going to take Kansas State. Yeah, yeah. Eight and a half is an interesting line. Mm -hmm. Our last game of the week is what's considered the biggie in college football. <laughs> Number one Alabama is an 18 and a half point favorite at Texas. Will Alabama win by 19 or more in Austin? Fitz, my rule is never pick against Alabama, and so I will be following that rule and taking Alabama. I will also take Alabama um, only because I don't like the SEC and I consider Texas already part of the SEC. Oh, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. That's what I'm going with. Mm -hmm. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One, by local for a strong local community. And we start with Mr. Scott Chasen. Well, Fitz, the best player on the football field for Kansas on Friday was not Devin Neal, who had a great game, was not Jalen Daniels, who I mentioned is third in the nation in QBR. No, it was Lonnie Phelps, the defensive end who transferred in from Miami of Ohio, nine and a half sacks last year. He had nearly a third of that in his first game, three sacks, four tackles for loss. And it was fascinating to hear after the game, Lance Leipold talk about his motor, you know, how well he played. I asked Lonnie Phelps about his performance and, and what that means. And he said his goal is just to make the other team's offense do something it doesn't want to do, whether that's running away from him, whether that's sending a double team at him. I bet that'll be the case week two. So mission accomplished for Lonnie Phelps. Well, Kansas State fans are really fired up for football season. And one reason why they're so motivated Basketball coach Jerome Tang, who has been out firing up everyone at the Friday night pep rally, the Purple Power Play on points, and then on the sideline before the game, Coach Tang is fitting in in Manhattan just fine. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.